It's May in Syracuse. It's actually May everywhere. But yeah. it's, it's finally feeling like May. May, May 1 here. Finally May 75 day. degrees. Yeah. 75, sunny. It's a beautiful day here in central New York. We don't get those often. No. We've got to cherish them. And here we are inside the FizzCast studio, right. ripping another one. Yeah. I, we texted each other and we said, do we really want to do this yeah, on it's, Tuesday? It's not ideal. It we really looked at is. the weather. It's supposed to pour Wednesday, but we got to give people the content. We've got it. Bryce Golden announced. We've got to give the people what they want. All right. Bryce Golden's going to Butler. We're going to tell you what that means for Syracuse, who the Orange needs to target now. Also talk a little bit of NBA because, hey, Carmelo's making headlines. Yeah, not great headlines. Not good We'll dive down the NBA rabbit hole a little bit. Tyus Battle got a combine invite. We're going to tell you why that means he's gone now. Yeah, unfortunately. Right? I, I think he's gone. Yeah, see ya. And NFL Draft. Syracuse actually got some good news there. We finally so, got a pick. Zaire some good Franklin. news and some bad news for some. Yeah, but, but we'll break that all down yeah. for sure. There's five guys that got undrafted free agent spots, and I think there's some potential in those five guys. All right, FizzCast, let's go. FizzCast! Without Jerry McIntyre, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. You're watching the Fizz. Okay? Not 10. We're so Fizz fans. Most brutal thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome back to another of the and especially when it comes from our people. Orangefizz.net. This is the Fizzcast. Tyler Rocky alongside Tim Leonard. And Tim, Bryce Golden committed to Butler less than 24 hours ago. And the college basketball world has already forgotten about him because Romeo Langford, he's going to Indiana. He is going to be the Hoosier basketball savior. Archie Miller is already back at it. He, he's, he's picking back. up from his brother. His brother Sean, who who knows how much he paid DeAndre Ayton, if he paid DeAndre Ayton. We don't Pure know. Speculation. We it's don't all know. speculation at this point. But how does Sean Romeo Miller Langford... still have a job? Can we talk about that real quick? He that's still a... is the head coach at Arizona. That, that, that's a separate podcast. Yeah, yeah. We could go for 40 minutes we, on that alone. We, we should do a, a Fizzcast like deadbeat middle of the summer right. of all of our college basketball thoughts. Just not just Syracuse. Just I've got a everything. lot just to hash out. I need a podium, yeah. get on my soapbox, and just <laughs> go at Sean Miller and, and this whole institution. But Anyways. yes, he's the forgotten man at this point. He's quickly becoming the forgotten man, Bryce Golden. And unfortunately for Syracuse, Butler has set, snagged another. Jordan Tucker and now him and it's, it's the all-what-if team. It is. If they They're had Quad A Green away, right. as I tweeted out yesterday. If they had Quad A Green, then we'd be witnessing Syracuse basketball, the what-if team for Syracuse. But it's that, tough. I mean... Yeah, that he, would be the Coach Hopkins team. That's Coach Hopkins' <laughs> Syracuse team that he should have had. Yeah, totally. I don't know. It's, it's another bad break. Um, there's plenty of guys still out there, so it's not necessarily the end of the world. And it's not like this guy was going to change the landscape of the team next year. He was just going to be another piece that they could have used and could help out that depth of the power forward spot. So it's another tough break. Quick Archie Miller thought. When Hop said he was going to Washington and there was like that day buffer between Hop leaving and Bayheim signing his extension, yeah. I said Archie Miller should be the guy. At Syracuse? At Syracuse. Wow. It would have that made would a lot of some sense. Intrigue. Yeah. It would have made a lot of sense. You get like an up and coming guy, get him now, strike while the iron's hot. Right. Of course he goes to Indiana, but I was saying Archie Miller should be the guy. Yeah. Romeo Lankford just took center stage yesterday. Yeah. He I think he knew all along that he was going to Indiana. And to make the announcement like that in your hometown where like he's from Indiana, obviously, and all those Indiana fans were there, 
You kind of had to pick you Indiana. Yeah. You would have to do ESPN special right. if you were going to Vandy because or somewhere else. You would have like gotten that. showered with booze or something. It would. Yeah. I mean, you'd hope not because it's just a decision. But again, it was, these it was are seventeen and eighteen year old kids. Yeah, Tim Leonard, <laughs> and they still don't know how to play the two three zone. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Bryce Golden, everyone forgets that he committed yesterday because Romeo Langford comes in, kind of a. Kind of a dumb move by Bryce Golden to announce on the same day yeah. that you're going to an Indiana school. It was really subtle, the whole thing. Just sent out a tweet. It wasn't like he had one of these pre-planned videos or anything like that. So Yeah, John Rothstein tweeted it out for him, I think, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, he had a personal tweet as well, saying it's been a long process. And what do you know, the last yeah. school that he visited, Butler, hmm. our conspiracy This is our theory. conspiracy. By the way... We're doing a new segment at the end of this Fizzcast. It's called Conspiracy Corner. It's going to be good. We're just going to... we. This can be a weekly thing now, right? We're, we're basically two conspiracy theorists who like college basketball, so we're just going to make it into a segment yeah. and just talk about it. Also, Tim, I apologize if my voice starts to get really scratchy. I'm a little I'm sick. I'm right there with you. You're sick, too. These allergies are really kicking in. You know, maybe we could get a sponsor for Conspiracy Corner. Yeah, someone drop the bag. <laughs> Help us out. I'm not going to name sponsors, but, you know, any yeah, sort of... Maybe, like, a little, like, halls or something. Yeah, Come on. cough syrup or any anything something of that Something that'll nature. make us feel better. All right? We need it. This, Allergy uh, medicine. Allegra. I, I, I blame the Syracuse weather for being so bad. I feel like we shouldn't be getting cold to yeah, this al- point Allergy in the season is something that's supposed to happen in, like, March. Yeah. It, but we're here we are in May. May 1st. It's May Day, so everyone has to decide now. Yeah. All these kids, they got to hurry up. These 17, 8-year-olds, pressure's on. Yeah. Okay, um, so Bryce Golden, he's going to Butler, kind of falling into a pretty good situation. Laval Jordan doing a really good job with that Bulldogs Props to program. Yeah. And uh, just kind of showing you what he went up against to go get this guy. And Laval Jordan, I believe last year was his first year with Butler. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, Someone really good was there before. Holtman, right? Yeah, Chris Holtman, yep. and then he took the and Ohio of course, State job. Brad Stevens before that. Right. He, he deserves a lot of the credit for right for building up this brand. Right. And so Jordan comes in, takes over, and and gets a big recruit late in the process. And we're gonna look at some of these other guys that Syracuse might have a chance at and might want to look at moving forward. But it's thin at it's this dry. point, and the fact that pretty much Golden was the last big recruit aside from L- Romeo Langford. Who was just, I mean, he was the sixth overall recruit, I think he was. He was yeah, number six. Five on ESPN, I the, think. The best shooting guard, too. So that's just an outlier. Which, by the way, that quick tangent see. on Romeo Langford. Did you watch that uh, Darius Baisley game where they went head to head? Yeah, so Darius Baisley was, without question, way better. Yes. And Langford was, he had all these injuries. It almost seemed like it almost he seemed was like kind he of didn't a prima donna w- about the whole thing. It also seemed like. He knew Baisley was better, yeah. and he said, I can't get embarrassed on national television. I feel like this will be a type of quote that will come back and bite me in about a year when he's scorching the Big Ten, or the B1G, as we call yep. it. But uh, I don't know. I don't know if he's really the fifth overall recruiter. He's got a flashy really? game. He's got a lot of potential, I think, but I don't know if he's a guy that I would be pumped to like. Indiana's over a, a the program Indi- that needs to be revived. Yeah. Oh they my. really could use him. If they lost him from underneath their footsteps or right in their backyard, that would have been pretty tough. Yeah. So, hmm. Sounds like someone that we may want to try to get on the podcast sometime. Yeah, maybe. Joe Initials JG. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we gave it away. Um, <laughs> so now Syracuse, here's what this means for Syracuse at this point in the process. you got to scrap from the bottom right now, and 
I do think there are a couple hidden gems out there in the recruiting scene. Um, I've been looking at a couple, but again, it's very dry. You're looking at the top 200. Not a lot of guys really fit what Syracuse is looking for. There aren't a lot of guys really above six foot four, which is going to be a problem if you want to not only that, but recruit to your style and your system. Again, you're looking for those long guys, athletic. They can play on the wings. They can play up top on the 2-3 zone. So it gets thin, especially when you're carving out a certain niche in your recruiting system. But that's what Jim Beheim and company are dealing with right now. A couple names. We'll get to them in just a little bit. But this roster is only going to have a, a handful of forwards going into next season. Yeah. Well, here's the bright side, I think, is if you get a guy, it's not like they're looking for a big-time guy at this point because— he probably and they didn't wouldn't look for big time guys last year at this point either. Because remember, yeah, O'Shea Brissett, not a top one hundred guy. Mark Dolajai was just not a guy. It seemed yeah. like you looked Came at his out of left field. You looked at his recruiting profile last year, and he it was like the Facebook picture where <laughs> yeah. you just created your account. It's like the equivalent of the egg avatar for twenty four seven. Yeah, no, he was. I saw someone posting on Twitter yesterday, like. Are there any international guys now? Like, can we get another Marek out of left field? Because we there need are. him. There are. Yeah, they're there, out there. There's a couple, I'm sure. But here, here's the positive to me is, yes, you really only have O'Shea and Marek as true forwards next year. I guess Buddy Bayheim, kind of a tweener, can play a little bit of the forward spot. But you, with those two guys, you really just need someone to round out some depth just in case there's an injury or to play some spot minutes here and there to give them a blow. It's not like like Bryce Golden, it's sad he would have been kind of the perfect guy because he's not a huge name, and he was still gotten some minutes. He kind of would have played as much as Buddy Beheim or someone like that. Would have been four years, too. Right. So that's the positive, I think. You can still get one of these four-year guys. Maybe they're not quite as good as Bryce Golden, but they could be just a little behind. Maybe one of these guys that's kind of a late bloomer and a little bit better than some of these recruiting sites have him at right now, or at least has the potential to be a little bit better down the road. So... You kind of just need a body at this point. It's not like, that. yes, the market is dry, but there's still names out there that could fill the role that Syracuse needs. And remember, you're Syracuse University, too, which the Orange has been on the the wrong side of this uh, a couple times lately. You think Jordan Tucker, you think Quad A Green, where at the last second, some, yeah. teams come call, some team comes crawling up. Look at Duke with Jordan Tucker. Look at Kentucky with Quad A Green. And because they're that bigger brand... Right. And that NBA pipeline, they swoop in at the last second. Meanwhile, now you're Syracuse University. You're going to be going up against schools like UMass, and I'm looking at a couple of these other teams, just lower-level teams that aren't basketball powerhouses. Hofstra, James Madison. Rutgers, yeah. If you're a recruit and you have a chance to play for Syracuse, it feels like a no-brainer at this point. Now, Now Jim Beheim's showing you the pool. Yeah, <laughs> that he gets to bring out for like three months a year. Yeah, no doubt. I think with what's left in the market right now, Syracuse is a name in a school that's going to be head and shoulders above the rest. You'd have to think the only draw is maybe some of these guys aren't quite good enough to see themselves playing significant minutes in year one, and maybe they want to go to a smaller school so that they're dominating the ball a little bit more. But, and maybe they want to use these smaller schools too as a pipeline to transfer yeah. to, say, I don't know, like a— a pit or a, or even a Syracuse right. or something like but that. I, I just don't, if I'm, I mean, it's, it's all personal preference, of course, but the logic for me is 
go to a Syracuse, you're going to get minutes. If you're a forward right now, even if you're not that good, you're not highly touted, you could be kind of one of these late bloomers, you'll get some minutes, you'll prove, you'll go into the 2-3 zone where you'll be kind of an asset as a forward, and then down the road, you will blossom. Once you're a third or a fourth-year guy, you will be a starter at Syracuse, most likely, even if you're not a top 100 guy. Yeah. All right, let's get into some of these names. A lot of interesting ones, a lot of ones that we probably can't pronounce either, because again, <laughs> there are international prospects. Starting off, this one, again, not all of these are super likely. We're just kind of throwing names out there and seeing what sticks, but we've got Lucas Kasunis, and this one is kind of intriguing because he's from Lithuania, but he's at Brewster Academy right now, and if you Ooh. know anything about Syracuse and recruiting... It's that Syracuse and Brewster Academy have a great relationship. C.J. Fair. C.J. Fair. Um, Buddy Bayheim, right. Torian Thompson played there, too. So there's the relationship between the two. Jim Bayheim is very close with the head coach there. So this is certainly a possibility. Kasunas was committed to UConn, then decommitted um, in uh, late March. I think that... Was Kevin Ollie was when he was fired? Right, it's right around that time. But now he's starting to pick up some offers from Arizona, Stanford. So maybe Syracuse can kind of swoop in there at the last second. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe something happens there. But that's one name that I kind of floated around. Top two hundred guy, six foot eight, kind of plays like a center too. Really raw. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Again, probably not going to happen. But who knows? Just throwing some names out there. We're just throwing there. names out there. Again, we don't know. Yeah. Right? We're, we're not I on the I thought Golden was trip. coming, so what Golden do I know? Was, so did 24-7. Um, next up, Jal Bajek. Is that you're, uh, you're starting out with the toughest names to I'm pronounce, start, yeah. I think. You're we, making it gets this easier tough. from here, but it's spelled <laughs> J-A-L-B-I-J-I-E-K. And again, 6'9", power forward, long, athletic, He's getting some other offers though right now. Oklahoma, Texas Tech, Wichita State, Syracuse. Not really in on him. But right no now. one is good as Syracuse. I mean, Oklahoma right. is Oklahoma, fine. They're, but Oklahoma is really just Trey Young. Yeah, That's they're all, not a basketball. Trey Young, school. Blake Griffin. They've had a good stretch here. They've had some National Player of the Year guys and Buddy Hill, Blake Griffin, Trey Young. They went to the Final Four a couple years ago. They're trending up, but I don't look at them as a basketball school. I feel like. A good portion of the country wouldn't even name their head coach, like wouldn't even know who their head coach is. Everyone knows yeah. like Jim Beheim, Syracuse. Right. So except at Duke. Jim Boheim. <laughs> yeah, I think uh I think regardless though, they're they're ahead of Oklahoma. Yeah. He would be oh, that yeah. if Syracuse put their hat in the ring, it's the best school on his list right now. Right. But I mean, this is a kid from Texas too, so maybe he wants to stay closer to home if that's the case. Oklahoma, Texas Tech, Wichita, those are all the the better options for him. Uh, next up, Majur Majak. These are tough. Yeah, these are tough. But Syracuse has actually looked at this kid a little bit. Seven foot one from New Jersey, played at St. Patrick's, same high school as your guy, Kyrie Irving. Oh yeah, my guy. Your guy. Yeah, I love Kyrie. Big Celtics fan. Yeah, that's big one nothing lead for you guys. Yeah, huge. we don't talk about NBA a lot on this podcast, no. but we are going to talk about it a little later because we have Carmelo thoughts. Oh, we do. We've got to get our Carmelo <laughs> thoughts in there. Also, props to Jeremy Grant. He's been playing yeah. well for the Thunder. Yeah. Carmelo, um, not so much. <laughs> but Major Majak, seven foot one. Pascal Chukwu's in his last season. 
So yeah. maybe you're looking I at the like guy this to kind guy of fill is that. Pascal Chukwu. Yeah. He he just I mean seven one. He looks like he's just Pascal Chukwu two point Yeah. Hopefully I feel a little like more coordinated. He'd be great, but at the same time, if you're gonna use a scholarship, I mean they have plenty of scholarships left. But if you want one guy from this cycle, you want a forward at this point because yeah. Chukwu is still here, like you said. First, and you last got Sadibe as well. Also, keep in mind you don't want to fill your roster with four your guys. Because yeah. that kind of leaves you out on this one and done train, right? That you're gonna need. It's the best. I mean, the best formula. It's pretty clear. It's to get a mix of both, like right. Villanova and UNC have done the past yeah. three years. And, and everyone says, okay, yeah, like the NBA is gonna eliminate the one and done rule. That doesn't mean guys aren't gonna go one and done. Because when you look at it, only a handful of guys, when the one and done rule was a thing, was or wasn't a thing rather actually went one and done. Yeah. You'd get maybe like three, four guys a class at most. Right. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because the rule is going to change in the next couple years. There's no doubt about it. And how it changes and when it changes is going to be very impactful. But regardless, if you're Syracuse, you want to mix those one and done and four-year guys right now. So however the rule changes, you're ready for both and you've got the best roster possible. Like realistically, if we were looking at this year's class of guys who would have been one and done, Marvin Bagley. Yeah, Jaron Jackson. Jaron Jackson, maybe. I mean, he's just, yeah, he's got the tools, I guess. Wendell Carter. I don't know if DeAndre Ayton would have gone one and done. Like, don't get me wrong. He's the yeah. best player in this class, but he needed a little bit of development. Yeah, I but I feel like he still would have gone. He's just he so... He's it. got that yeah. pro body. A lot of those guys, too, would probably enter their names into the draft. Yeah. Test the, the waters. Test the waters. My favorite term. Yeah. What waters are they testing? I don't right? know. I don't, I don't know, know why that became the why term. Why is that the term? Yeah. There's so many other ways to say it. But. Uh, yeah, so you look at all these guys... And let's just keep going through the list here. We've got a couple more names we want to get to. Robert Braswell, and this is probably the the most intriguing one right now because yep. Syracuse is actually kind of in on him. They haven't extended an offer yet, but Alan Griffin visited him two weeks ago. Right. And six foot nine, South Carolina kid, three star, top one seventy prospect. He's pretty good. He and fits he, the mold. He's he, long. Right. Plays defense really well. He's also one of these late bloomers. It feels like he's the backup plan for Bryce Golden. Yeah. He always has been. The way Griffin went down on April 18th, like you said, they didn't extend an offer, but he's the type of guy that if Syracuse extended an offer, they're the best school right away, so, head and shoulders above the rest. I'll, I'll read off his offers right now. Massachusetts, which is Massachusetts. Yep. Um, Enough said. Charlotte, Fordham. Hofstra, James Madison, Murray State, Oklahoma State, Old Dominion, Winthrop. I mean, you've named one Power Six school so far in yeah. Oklahoma State, right? Who isn't much of anything. And anyways. then he's, he's getting some looks from Creighton, Kansas State, Rutgers, Syracuse, and Texas A and M. So that, that just, if Syracuse were to extend an offer, much to Doug Gottlieb's dismay, they would go <laughs> way ahead of Oklahoma State. Yeah. So. I think if of all the guys we're going to name, he's the most likely right now. Who knows if they extend an offer and and if they actually do what he what his decision is, but it seems like they've already shown interest in him. They've gone down there, they've visited him. And I just feel like if you go down and visit a player like that and you had 
already visited with Bryce Golden and had already reached out and offered to him and knew he was making his decision at a similar type of position, all along, this guy, maybe they just didn't extend the offer because they were waiting for Bryce Golden, and now they will extend it. He's the backup plan. I feel like, I feel like that's pretty evident. So of all these names, he's the most intriguing to me because not only is he the type of player that would fit the role, 168th nationally on 247 sports. So not great, not awful, right in that range where he's going to be a four-year guy and get some spot minutes going into his first year, I feel like. so, And also kind of a late bloomer type guy that would only get better with time in that 2-3 zone, I feel like. So I, I think he's the most likely option right now and also the only option really of all these names that we've listed that Syracuse has actually kind of put their hat in the ring or at least showed some interest in. Last name we've got, actually no, we've got one more too that I want to get to, but he's not a forward. Luka Brajkovic, is that how we're going to do it? Sure, all sounds right. good to me. Out of Austria, six foot nine center, long, lanky, reminds you a lot of Mark. Yeah. Same type of deal. Doesn't have a lot of great offers right now. Davidson, Penn State, getting looks from St. Mary's and Stanford. If these guys, like, the only thing with these international guys, if they're still deciding, it makes you think, like, maybe they're not 100% in on college. Maybe they're right, still yeah. contemplating, like, oh, I'll just play over near my home country. Because that's a big jump, obviously, to go across the country and pick a spot. That's why guys like Mark Dolzhai, we just don't see that often. So right. I think... That's the only thing. He's gotten some offers, but it's not like he's made any visits or anything. That's why I'm a little skeptical about these international guys. It's just so tough to gauge. It's like Mark last year. I will say this. P- or centers or big guys with the first name Luca, fans love them. It's just <laughs> it's just a fact. Luka Doncic. Yep. And then I remember one guy for Northwestern. This was probably, let's think, six, seven years ago. Okay. Luka Murkovic. Doesn't ring a bell, uh, but I'm not a, I wasn't really a B1G shouldn't. guy. You weren't a B1G guy. I was no. always B1G, born and bred. <laughs> but Luka Murkovic, fans loved him. And you get the Lou. Yeah, it's of, got a nice ring to yeah. it. Yeah, oh, It's easy to people do. People love big men We need a Luka. nickname for Marek. We need to have something. I, I've, come up, I've given mine, the Slovakian Sledgehammer. That's pretty good, but I'm well, like that's great. I'm saying like they need like a quick ring, like quick, when he yeah. makes like an offensive rebound, scrappy layup at a pivotal moment, or when he makes one of those Marek plays that we're all like, I love that guy. How do we? <laughs> what do we do as as a Syracuse student section, or what can they say like right off the bat? I don't. I don't know. There probably isn't one out there if it yeah. hasn't happened yet. Uh, yeah, it's not happening. Yeah, we can just think of it and and know that that was one of those Marek yeah. plays. Last guy. This guy's six foot six. Again, not the power forward we're looking for, but Terrence Shannon out of Chicago. This is a guy who I'm really high on right now. And it's not because he's from Chicago. I think it is. I'm pretty sure it's partially because it is. Yeah. Just admit that it's partially because of it. Okay, I'll admit it's partially. But seriously, this guy's your classic case of the late bloomer right here. Six foot six. I I've I kind of stumbled upon him a couple days ago when I was reading through my old stomping grounds newspapers and stuff like that. And I stumbled upon. <laughs> you did a upon, deep dive this week. I did a week. deep dive you this did. week. Yeah, you were ready. I, I'm all in on this stuff. So here's what I, I know about Terrence Shannon. Six foot six, plays for Ma- the Mac Irvin Fire, which is one of, if not the best AAU program in the country. It perennially produces some of the best players the country's seen. Jabari Parker, Jaleel Okafor, <laughs> Jalen Brunson, and Cliff Alexander, too, if he, 
that's a name for that only college basketball fans will understand. So he plays on a program that just breeds great talent. And what I like about Terrence Shannon is he's six foot six and he's super long. And basically, what they're saying in Chicago is that this kid just needed some time. Again, he doesn't play at a huge powerhouse of a high school. Lincoln Park's not a huge. But he's got that good AAU. But he's got the good AAU team. He's actually playing with another Syracuse target. This guy's a 2019 target, Khalil Whitney. But he's good. He's very good. good. But Terrence Shannon, I he's starting to pick up some steam now. Florida State just extended him an offer. He's got all the local places. He's got DePaul, UIC, Loyola, Chicago. I really see him at Florida State. That's such a Florida State guy. But if you think about it. The Florida State mold and the Syracuse mold, kind of the same. Yeah. Granted, they do different things, but oh, it's man. the same type of player. Think about Jonathan Isaac right. in the 2-3 zone. Exactly. Holy cow. But Terrence Shannon, I, I think this is the guy that Syracuse needs to start getting in on. Yeah. No, I, I like him a lot. There's a chance. You talk me into him. There's a chance he takes a prep year, which is kind of what, now that he's getting a Florida State offer, he might see, okay, if I if I take this prep year, and really develop my game, play at a little bigger school, then I think I can get some really high-level right. D1 offers, get more ACC, some Big Ten, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, if you're Syracuse, why not go down and give him a visit, see what he's got. If he is the type of player that's kind of climbing up the rankings, maybe you catch a hidden gem. Maybe he is a player that's underrated at this point, kind of like O'Shea Brissett was because he came from... Canada, this this guy obviously just coming from Chicago is still a basketball powerhouse of an area, but he's developed his game kind of at the later stages. So why not give him an, a visit? Because like we said, there's not much out there right now. I mean, we're going to talk about some grad transfers. There's frankly nothing in the grad transfer market that really catches my eye too much. Yeah, well, we'll let's do that right now. So I think the guy that Syracuse really needs to look out for, Robert Braswell, Terrence Shannon. Yes. Those are two that I think Braswell is, is not likely, but he's the most likely. And if you don't get in on Shannon now, maybe you get on him for 2019 if he does take that prep Yeah, year. So, so true. Why not go down and fits, take a visit? He fits the mold. He'd be great at the top of the zone. Grad transfers. Again, super thin. We're not we're not working with much here. No. Ryan much, Luther's Ryan gone. Ryan Luther's gone. He's at Arizona, I believe. Okay. I think we reported Good pick that. Pick up for yeah. Arizona. Good pick up for Arizona. But again, this is that's the type of guy Syracuse could have used. He was Bryce Golden, except he'd only be here for one year. Yeah. So it would have been a nice backup plan. But there's two guys that really catch my eye left. Only one of them's a forward, too. Uh, Tory Miller Stewart plays at Colorado, six foot eight, six foot nine, long. He can give you some some good rebounding down low. He can play some of the bottom on the bottom part of the zone. Be a good piece off the bench. That's just what they need. Just a guy off the bench. It's not like we need this guy to come in and play starting minutes and take Syracuse to the next level or something. It's just right. play. Give me ten minutes here and there. And if someone gets hurt, like if Sadibe's knees are still bothering him, obviously. Injuries were a problem this past year. So just to have one of those guys to fill in at the forward spot, if one of those guys goes down right now between a Dolge and a Brissett. Yeah, knock on wood, they don't. But Absolutely, if it, it, yeah. it, could, it certainly could happen. And Miller-Stewart, I think, would be a nice fill-in. Last name here is, uh, at least he plays locally, 
Joe Cremo. I think that's how you say his name. Cremo, Cremo. We'll go with Cremo. Cremo. Yeah, we'll go uh, with that. Plays at Albany. One of the best players on Albany. But he's getting some high-level looks. He's a guard. 6'4", I believe he is. And he's getting looks right now from Villanova, Arizona. Wow. Kansas is in on him, too. Yeah, so he averaged, what, like 20 points a game at almost Albany? Almost 20 points, I think. So... That'd be a nice little spark of scoring off the bench that you yeah. could have. I mean, you might Albany, even start too. Yeah, Albany is is right around the corner. So that when you say Albany as a grad transfer, I'm thinking immediately like, oh, maybe they have designs to go to Syracuse because that's just kind of the next it level takes, up in yeah. in terms of that area. So I don't know. I mean, he's not obviously the forward spot that you're looking for, but he could provide a punch off the bench. Any last thoughts? on how Syracuse can round out this roster for 2018. I, I would go back to Braswell. I would keep an eye on him because 6'8", 6'9", is what I'm seeing he's listed at, exactly what they need, and he could give you 5 to 10 minutes, 168th nationally on 247 sports, and Syracuse would be his best offer by a landslide. Yeah. Let's talk a little NBA right now. <clears throat> let's, Carmelo let's get Anthony, Carmelo, we don't talk NBA on this podcast and for good reason, too. Again, we're yeah. a Syracuse podcast, as much as sometimes we wish we were more than we're that. We're college basketball guys. We're college basketball guys, too. But Carmelo Anthony, he's complaining about his minutes. He says that he would not accept a bench role. He's a bench player. He's a bench point. player at this point, yeah. He's a bench piece. I mean, that's just the fact of the matter at this point. And it's not the end of the world. Like, he's a veteran. He's been doing it for a while. It's common for him to fall and falter, like... Dwayne Wade is kind of in that same ballpark and right Dwayne now. And Dwayne Wade's accepted it, and he's been fine. Yeah, and he plays spot minutes. He comes through in the playoffs, and Carmelo can do that. He's got this big contract with the Thunder right now. I don't really know what his future is. I mean, he's making he's got a $28 million player option for next season, let alone. So t- kind of a tough spot for the Thunder because obviously he's past his glory days. He still can bring you scoring punch. Think of like Joe Johnson or someone like that. He's just got to transition into that role. He's an ISO guy that can get you a bucket, but he can't be complaining about minutes right now because he just looked like a shell of himself in this postseason. Yeah, and quite frankly, he was outplayed by another Syracuse guy. Jeremy Grant was so much better. He was really good. He should have been starting. It it wasn't even close. He was getting the big minutes. I mean, you just watch Carmelo in some of these games. He's missing layups. Yeah, he's not (laughs) good. And you'd think that... Him playing as kind of that third option on that team would have helped him out a little bit. It didn't. I thought he kind of like settled back into that role of I'm going to literally stand here on the wing. Yeah. And if you pass me the ball, I'm going to shoot it. It was but weird for he him. Just couldn't make shots. That whole team was a mess in terms of Westbrook shot like 43 shots in the final game. So can't really win with that. I don't know. I, I will say, Jeremy Grant, of all the guys that in the past five, six years to come out of Syracuse, didn't really think, oh, this guy's definitely going to be an NBA player, but he has carved out a role. He's that athletic, kind of bring you defense, guard multiple positions, really fits the modern NBA. And props to him. I think his contract's up in a couple years, and he will get the big bucks, or at least a sizable contract with some good term, good security going forward because he's earned it. Of all those guys right now, I mean, Michael Carter-Williams won Rookie of the Year. We've seen some players that have had more of a – more time in the limelight, like a Dion Waiters, but Jeremy Grant is playing just as good as any of them and playing really significant minutes in postseason run like we saw this year. You know, I have a thought on Syracuse NBA players. Actually, I'm 
No, I'm going to save this for okay. Conspiracy Corner. Conspiracy Corner. I'm saving this That's for Conspiracy tease, Corner. Folks. Yeah. That's coming up at the end. Any Okay, let, let's move on to That's enough NBA talk from us. Yeah, that was enough. Right, that was, was that way two too minutes? much. If that. Actually, I guess we are going to stick with NBA. Next up, we've got Tyus Battle. He gets an NBA draft combine and this is the worst thing in the world for Syracuse. It's not good. It looks like he's going now. Yeah. We saw, we've seen some reports that have kind of been, oh, he's already out of here. He's still hanging around the campus. I mean, it's not like he's just jumped ship completely. Tyler Lighting kind of did that last year. But to be fair, there's still a chance he comes back. I think we're just, this is adding fuel to our fire that we think he's gone because he'll shine in that combine. I think he'll do well. He doesn't have a ton to prove. His name's already kind of climbing up the ranks as is because now he's committed and going. He's, you know, tested the waters, as they say, and he's in the draft. So some of those big boards and some of those draft boards that didn't have him in the first round now do because they just didn't know if he was going to be in yet or how to handle that. So it took him a while to announce his decision to test the waters, but I feel like he'll shine in the combine from this point on. It's bad news for Syracuse. I've been reading some Tyus Battle things lately. Not gonna say where, but I'm gonna give a hint. I'm I'm smashing that paywall for oh, you all. Oh, that was a big Tyus hint. Battle. They they surveyed some GMs, some scouts, and, and some execs from NBA teams, and the break. They, they, I think there was a total of eight people. Four said Battle should go. Two said he should stay, and two were undecided. Really, that's good mm-hmm. intel. And also, he was on that same site. He was. The 24th overall pick in the mock draft. 24th. That's pretty to strong. To the Blazers. A team that already has CJ McCollum and, and Damian Lillard. And this yeah. is relatively recent, too. He would be good on that Blazers team. I think team. he would be, too. I like that. But, yeah, I mean, his stock has definitely gone up since he announced that decision. He's a first late first-round guy now in most I mock drafts. And when we did our last podcast, I think it was our last one, whenever Tyus broke the news, we were kind of talking like, oh, he's— in the second round in a lot of these I don't know this is a deep draft now I'm in more of the side that he's going to be a first round pick it's not a guarantee I mean he's still got to do his part in the combine and actually make the decision that he is going to stay in the draft and sign an agent and go through all that process but he looks like he's a first round guy at this point just because his name is rising in a lot of these mock drafts and everyone's saying the things that he's going to have to work on passing defense and see how the shot is at the combine he was a defensive guy in high school He's a pretty he's good, a good defender. He's a good passer. I think, yeah, I think he was a really good defender. Yeah, I think he's, Even if in the anything, zone, underrated yeah, as a defender. That's going to be the one thing that I think really shines in the five-on-five five because I think if you're Syracuse, you didn't want Tyus Battle getting a five-on-five. Five. No. And now he's going to get one at the Combine. I think he's going to be one of the better players in that. In terms but, of that range where he's where projected. He, yeah. he could be one of the biggest climbers in this draft. Yeah. I think he's certainly Malachi one of those Malachi kind of did that. Yeah. So. Malachi... He showed he, what he showed off was his shooting, that his shot was really good. Yeah. And that's kind of what propelled him in, almost into the lottery, too. And a lot of people, even like, not a lot of people, I saw one thing right before. I think it was a Philly guy was like, this guy could be a top 10 pick. Malachi. Like, Malachi. Yeah. And I think Atias Battle, he's got the defensive package with him, he's got the build. He, of all these kind of fringe guys, He's got the best NBA body. Right. And I think that's the He's one. He's always had that. It's never been a question, is his body ready for the NBA? It totally is. Six foot six and and pretty bulked up. Yeah. I think the question mark is, can he shoot 38, 39% from three in NBA competition? 
when the three-point line's a little bit longer. That was right around his average at Syracuse, like mid-30s, which isn't great, but he also was taking way more threes than and, a lot of contested threes. Right, exactly. A lot that, of late in the thing. shot clock, and he had Frank to be Howard the Frank Howard dribbles point. around for 27 yeah, seconds. Dude, don't even bring that Tyus. up, but that was rough. So, I hope we don't have to watch something similar to that next year when they've got more pieces around them. Yeah, and that, that's why I think Tyus Battle, he's really going to be going up against a lot less defense now because he's not going to be drawing these types of double teams. Yeah, and, and he can get to teams. his mid-range shot pretty yeah. much whenever he wants. Oh, yeah. And, he, you know, his three-point shooting is what I'm saying is maybe where he needs to prove it a little bit. His mid-range jumper is pretty damn good. Like, he, he gets to that, and he's very efficient from that area. So I don't see why... Any, I mean, he's going to prove that he's a better shooter than people think. I think he's, if anything, underrated in that area as well. So, you think he's going or staying? Well, are, have you changed your mind? At I all? think I've. If anything, my thoughts have gone more towards the side of he is going. I think we were. You were always a little bit more than me. I was kind of fifty-fifty, trying to figure it out, piece together the next couple of weeks. But based on these mock drafts, based on some rumors we're hearing, and also. Based on just the fact that I think he is an NBA-ready player that deserves to be a first-round pick, I think he will go. I, I don't see why at this point, after he tests the waters and sees kind of the glimmer and, and the NBA lifestyle, gets a taste of that he could be an NBA player and gets some of that feedback, why he wouldn't go. And, I mean, these execs, too, are saying he's an early second-round pick right now, but he could really shine at the Combine. Yeah. And the Combine's going to be huge. The Combine's huge for him. And I think he's going to crush it, too. Yeah. Like we said, he's the type of guy that raises his game in the big moments in the NCAA tournament when they needed a bucket late in games. And I think he's going to do the same in the combine. All right. From NBA, let's go to the NFL. We don't talk a lot of football. Yeah. Wow. This is, we never talk NBA. We never talk NFL. And we're 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 showing our versatility. Exactly. Utility man. The Fizz utility man. So, NFL draft this past weekend. Only one Syracuse guy taken, Zaire Franklin. Kind of a surprise to yeah. both of us. I, I, I thought Ishmael might I, get a, yeah, a I pick, thought, if anything. I thought a team would take a chance on Zaire because he tested so well at his pro day. I thought Ish was going to be a fifth or sixth round pick. Yeah, I, I think he should have been. I mean... I know that the Syracuse system and the wide receiver position at Syracuse gets a little inflated, I guess, with statistics and just the offense that Dino Babers is running really produces like what we saw with Ombad Atau. He went from a little-known guy at Maryland to someone that the Jacksonville Jaguars took a chance on and a Belinikoff finalist and all that. Ishmael kind of followed that trend the next year. But Ishmael has that pro build at the same right. time. He's got his that ability long to high catch point. radius. He's got, oh, you think of that LSU game. He was going against, and I'm blanking on the cornerback's name. I'm sure he got drafted because LSU, defensive back you, always known for good right. corners. This was their number one guy. I think he had an interception in the game and had a pretty good game. But Ishmael caught like a fade over him. It was basically like a little glimpse of a pro v pro matchup or someone who could be a cornerback in the NFL. And he kind of dominated him. That was one of his better games. So I think he's an NFL wide receiver. I'd be surprised if he doesn't find some type of role in the NFL. He's with the Colts right now, undrafted free agent signee. I think that's kind of a good fit. I think they produce wide receivers pretty well. They've always had a pretty good, deep stock of wide receivers. So 
who knows if he ends up staying with the Colts or whatever. I do see him having an NFL future of some circumstances, though. Absolutely. And his brother plays in the NFL. He plays for the Falcons right now, so that certainly helps a little bit. Yeah. It can't hurt. So, with him and Zaire, I feel like the Colts may have struck gold in that in that last yeah, that's two guys. little tier. You get Ishmael, who a lot of people thought would be maybe a fifth, sixth-round pick, and you get him as a, a UDFA, and then you draft Zaire Franklin in the seventh round as your second seventh-round pick. And they need linebacker round. help, the Colts right. do. So they it's just not help. like, yeah, well, <laughs> they need defensive help. They need offensive line help. But linebacker is a key spot on the defense where I don't see them cutting Zaire Franklin. Like, he's going to make that roster just based on the need for linebacker. Yeah. And also, like you said, he was good in the pro day. He's got, you know, not great measurables, but he's got a really strong IQ for the game. You can't deny that. Oh, absolutely. And he's a great leader, too. And I think his personality is going to be one of those things that really shines through and keeps him on NFL rosters. I think... You're looking at a steal right there. Yeah. Maybe not. Good for him because Syracuse was kind of due. This is their first draft pick since Riley Dixon, I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure. So seventh round, late in the seventh round, wasn't the guy we expected to get drafted. But it's just good that Syracuse got someone to get drafted. I feel like they'll start a trend now where for the next three or four years, we will at least see one player drafted. Who knows who it will be, but... Sayer deserved to be in the conversation. I'm happy that he's with the Colts. I think that's a good fit. Then Syracuse, they were in danger of going back-to-back drafts without a pick for the first time since 1948 and 1949. Ooh, I know it's that bad. Yeah. Thank God Sayer got drafted. Someone <laughs> got drafted. That'd be tough. So we both think Ish got snubbed. We also both think that Zaire's a, a great pick for the Colts, especially late in the game. Some of these other— they're, there are three other names that wind, that wound up on NFL rosters. Two I think we kind of saw coming and one we didn't. Yeah. So we'll get into it. Paris Bennett got signed as an undrafted free agent with the Green Bay Packers. This is an interesting one. You know, Paris Bennett, I knew he'd get he'd latch on as a UDFA somewhere. Yeah, totally. The Packers are a perfect situation for him. What that organization does... Every single year, as they find all these gems, they always build up through the draft. I want to say... Especially a linebacker. Was, right, yeah. I want to say it was a, a couple years ago or something like that, but they're, the rate of players on their roster that they single-handedly drafted and groomed was unbelievable. That's a really good trait for an organization. Kind of a side topic, but if you're building through the draft, that shows that you have good coaching, and especially... Like I said, at linebacker, Clay Matthews comes to mind, obviously. But there have been several guys that round out that linebacking core for the past four or five years. Not really big names. Kind of fit the mold of Paris Bennett, type of player like a Paris Bennett that's drafted late or an undrafted free agent like Bennett. And just sort of proves that he's an NFL guy through learning their system and working with their coaches. Yeah, I think Bennett's going to be one of those names that maybe we're talking about in, I don't know, five years and you see him starting on a team and they're going to say this guy was an undrafted free agent yeah and it, it, it's going to happen because he played for the packers and same he type is of player in a great situation. as zaire he's only going to bolster his stock when he's on a roster and people see his personality his work ethic he checks all those boxes it's just does he have the physical skills to prove it or does he have the speed to get to the line at an nfl level two more irv phillips 
I don't know how he's going to slot in as a receiver in the NFL, but he's got the the returning abilities, yeah, I and I think that's that. the reason why he was picked up. Yeah, he's kind of like a steam last year. Like right. a lot of these teams want. I think the Patriots have really bolstered this role in terms of slot receiver who kind of will come out of the backfield, sort of a versatile guy right. that can return punts, return kicks. That's a role in the NFL right now. So maybe five or six years ago, Irv Phillips wouldn't have gotten an undrafted free agent or would have been in this conversation. But he's going to get a chance now with the Buccaneers, not a team that has a ton of wide receiver depth. And I think just let alone his returnability could grab him a spot on the roster or his part. Like he could help out in special teams in terms of special teams coverage as well on the defensive side, as well as returning. So He's got a role that he could find. There's definitely a spot for him, and there is that role in the NFL today. Yeah, and remember, he was recruited as a running back, kind of turned into a slot receiver. That's going to be one of those things that I think is going to serve him well. Like you mentioned, a guy who can be versatile, and then you add the fact that he can return kicks. That's huge for him, and that's probably why he'll he'll be on a practice squad. And I, I wrote an article about how, on OrangeFizz.net, about how wide receivers are really... I mean, this is four wide receivers now in the past two drafts, if you count Edetawo and Esteem, who were undrafted free agents, as well as Ishmael and Phillips. And, that's and Ishmael two, should have been drafted, as yeah, we've said. Yeah, and that's two years in the Dino Babers era. He's making these wide receivers into the NFL conversation, and I feel like that's an area where Syracuse can use as a selling point, because... Obviously, if you have a big-name wide receiver, that gets your brand out there a little bit more, especially if he's putting up numbers like we saw Ishmael and Edetawa do. And I think with the system that Babers is running, it's definitely possible, regardless of how talented some of these guys are, to get numbers, especially when you've got quarterbacks like Dungy and DeVito throwing you the ball. So that's an area where Syracuse could use as a selling point. They're bringing in wide receivers. They're making them into NFL-caliber players. And if you're recruiting a wide receiver right now, they've been getting good recruits at the wide receiver position. You could say, hey, look at Phillips, look at Esteem. Those guys weren't even talked about as NFL guys. And Dino Babers in this offense brought him into that realm. So definitely a selling point. Last one we've got here. This is the surprising one. Jamar McGloster getting picked up by the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, this guy's just huge. Yeah, he's big. You see him walking he's around really campus, big. six foot seven, over 300 pounds, his size, um, maybe I think that's kind of why he that, got drafted. That's why he's or not drafted, but like oh, sorry, got yeah. picked up, right? And I think that's why a team's going to take a chance on a guy like McGloster because he's so big. If you can teach him some of that footwork stuff, he could carve something out. Because again, we're talking about a mammoth of a human. Yeah, he's really big. He's got the potential for sure. I don't know. It's hard to say because he didn't really shine as in terms of like his performance on the field at Syracuse. He wasn't bad, but he wasn't... He was a consistent piece. Yeah, he wasn't like, oh, one of the best offensive linemen in the ACC or the Atlantic Division or anything like that. So he's going to be kind of a work in progress. But like you said, the measurables are there, and I think that's a huge draw. That's something that holds a lot of offensive linemen back. So he's got that going for him. And especially, hey, just take a chance on him. Absolutely. There's no harm in that with these undrafted free agents. Yeah, five guys, I'd say... Two of those will probably be. I think we're both of the camp of Ishmael will find. Ishmael's going to make a team. Yeah, and he will it, be. Whether or not it's the Colts, he's going to make a team. Yeah, so I think this is a pretty. It's a stronger class in terms of NFL guys from Syracuse than the draft would lend you to believe from the outside because only one guy taken Zaire really late in the round in the seventh round. 
Not a great spot. Doesn't look good on paper that they only got one guy in the seventh round, but all the, all five of these guys have a role in the NFL that I think I could see them in an NFL jersey four or five years from now. Quick, if you had to pick two guys, or three guys, no, hmm. let's do two. Okay. From this group of five that are on an NFL roster. It's got to be Ishmael, and then I'm torn between Paris and Zaire. Which linebacker of the two? Maybe Paris. They really could both. I really like the Packers again, situation. I'm, I'm limiting you because I'm only taking taking two, but I think Ishmael is definitely on a team. Yeah. And then I'm going to go Zaire. Okay, but Paris, I'd say Paris. Bennett, Paris is definitely going to be on a practice squad at the worst yeah. because, especially with the Packers, yeah, that just makes I think too much that's sense. such a good fit. I really see him blossoming, he, like you said. Four he, or five years from now, he could be one of those guys that they carved into a good, solid starting piece. Paris Bennett, I will say, landed in the best situation yeah. of all these guys. All right. You ready for the inaugural conspiracy corner? This is a big moment. I know. This is huge. We thought of this like right before we hit record today, but it's going to happen. I'm ready for it. Do you have one? I don't. You don't don't at all. So I'll I'll come up with something as you're... You'll conspiracize. Yes. I'll crack something up. As I come up up with mine. So I kind of teased mine. It has to do with Syracuse and the NBA, but Syracuse players in the NBA get the biggest pass of any other school. What do you mean by that? They get the biggest pass that people try to convince themselves that these players are good. Oh, okay. That they're good NBA players. Because everyone always says, oh, the knock on Syracuse is like they can't turn out NBA players. And then they have a flash of stardom in the NBA. People try to convince themselves that these Syracuse players are good NBA players. Listen, Mello was good for a while. But really people good. Are really good. Like a top five player at one time. Yeah. But people continued to try to convince themselves that Carmelo was good. And this these playoffs are the last straw. Yeah. He is not good he's, anymore. He's not good anymore. He you, was good for a him. long time. He just, I don't know, he's not the type of player that was ever, like, NBA championship focused. So right. it's hard to say because he went to the playoffs, like, a handful of times with the Knicks, and he went through that really long drought where he just wasn't in a winning culture or environment. Yeah, and people kind of think maybe he was a problem too, and yeah. a reason why that was that was the case. But him, then you look at Michael Carter Williams. I mean, you win Rookie of the Year right out of the gate. He's not that good. I remember no. I was pretty excited when he came to the Bulls, and I was thinking, oh yeah, like I, I can really talk myself into Michael Carter Williams being good. He's not good. <laughs> he's yeah. just not good, and he, he's doing the same thing in Charlotte. When he right won now. Rookie of the Year for the Seventy Sixers. It was because that was a team class was, too. yeah, that 76ers team was one of the worst like NBA teams in the last five or six years. They yeah. just needed someone to put the ball in the basket. And he did a little bit of that and a little bit of passing. So those two, Deion Waiters. <laughs> Deion's pretty good though. I mean, he's the classic case of, we try to talk ourselves into he's good. He has a really good game, but he does a lot of really dumb stuff too. Oh, he's, yeah, he's he's got a lot of that. He did that at Syracuse too. I mean, you know what you're getting with Deion. He's right. a microwave scorer that is going to make like, don't get a handful. Wrong. Of, he's like J.R. Smith He'll or have someone. moments where he looks like a top 20 player in the NBA. Yeah. yeah but he, he also really has moments where he looks like he doesn't belong in the G League. <laughs> yeah. They're due. I think... I hope Tyus has a good, like, sustainable career because, or even Tyler Lydon got the short end of the stick injury-wise, yeah. and he was in a crowded front court right now in Denver. I hope he finds his way to, like, get out of that 
Guys like like Tyler Ennis is now a legitimate backup point guard for the Lakers. Right. And he has kind of bounced back and forth, and now he's got an actual contract where he's got some security and everything. But they're due for a guy to get to the to level of be their of next a, mellow. Yeah, be their next mellow. Not or, mellow necessarily, but like... Dion Waiters, like get to that level. Be a little better than Dion Waiters. And yeah, a little better would be nice. I don't know. <laughs> Because they're getting so many first-round guys. I mean, Malachi was first-round. Battle will be potentially first-round. Leiden first-round. Even McCollum was right there in that first round. Right. So, I don't know. They, they, they're they not producing as well as you would like. A lot of these guys are just bouncing in between G leagues. Maybe it's a product of a bad situation. You have to think partially with Malachi Richardson. Like, going to the Kings, that's just kind of a tough spot. Like, I could see him fitting on a, a winning culture, maybe, like a Spurs or a Rockets or someone like that as a role player, but he's just in a tough spot there in Sacramento. So that's my conspiracy. I think Syracuse players in the NBA get the biggest pass of any other college. The only other one that's kind of close is Kansas. Yeah. Kansas but has like, Kirk Heinrich many. was good for forever. He's, or not I don't good, even but think like Andrew Wiggins is that but, good. Yeah, he comes Andrew, to mind. Andrew Wiggins is not that good, but he kind of gets a pass. Yeah. But that's the only other school. Like, Nick Collison's been around forever. Yeah, he's like, I would have never even thought of him. I forgot that he went to Kansas. He's been there so exactly. long. He's he played, been in the he NBA. played against Syracuse in oh, the national yeah, title you're right. game. Yeah, he was like with Kirk Heinrich. Mr. Thunder. <laughs> yeah. All right, you're up. You got something? All right, are you ready for this? This is, uh, I, I just crafted this up. It's kind right. of out of left field, but my conspiracy theory Quad A Green to Butler. <laughs> Your thoughts? Well, I mean, I don't know if it's like common knowledge that he's going to transfer, but like if he transferred, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Butler has been pulling in transfers lately. Yeah. Even the two guys that are obviously Jordan Tucker comes to mind for Syracuse fans. Tyler Lewis, a point guard from NC State, went to Butler. I don't know. Like, Transfer you, the new Nevada. I just think Butler is ripping away. Yeah, seriously. I think they're <laughs> ripping away Syracuse guys at this point. I know Quade's not really a Syracuse guy, but same type of player as Jordan Tucker. He has. There's been talks about him transferring. I don't know where he fits in in the Kentucky puzzle in the next couple years. He's obviously the type of player that had NBA aspirations coming out of high school, and that's probably why he went to Kentucky, but he got outplayed. He wasn't as good as many thought. He's not one of Cal's guys. I, Even I don't though know. Cal's trying to make him his guy. Yeah, he's bragged Why are you about going up him. for thirty. Yeah, he's just not. He's not and producing. Then he just laid a Kentucky. dud after that. Like right. Cal pumped him up so high, and then he laid a dud. So go to Butler. Like thrive, be a star. Thrive, be a star. Be the focal point. Be the point guard. Just be the whole Syracuse what if team. Give me Jordan Tucker, Bryce Golden, Quad A Green, Big Three at Butler. It's it's just bound to happen. Like I think the stars point. are aligning right now. We've seen we've already got the first two pieces of the puzzle. There's been talks of Quad A transferring. I'm not. I mean, if you're transferring, it's probably out there by now. He might not be transferring this year, but maybe he has another so-so year at Kentucky and he's not ready for the NBA. Go to Butler, prove you're an NBA guy, and prove that you're better than people think, and you're just in a bad situation at Kentucky. That's my conspiracy theory. I like that. Quad I can, A to I can Butler. Get behind that. I can definitely get behind If it that. actually happens, I'm quitting my career here at the Fizz and running victory By laps. By the way, I think I think what we have to do amazing. is if any of the, our conspiracy corners hit, we just play it on repeat like five times. Yes, absolutely. Five times. We'll just drop it in the middle of the show. So that, many that, that's how we'll open the show. Right. We'll, 
we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll open the show that with us winning our conspiracy corners. I think one of them's bound to hit. I guess technically, if we do how this, do I win mine? But like yours yeah, works. Yours yeah. works. You you got to think of something. I mean, you will. Like I don't know anyone that produces Maybe like more Stephen conspiracy A starts, theories than you. Starts blasting that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Then then I win. Maybe like if Syracuse basketball, if Battle's not a good pro, and they just kind of have a couple more so-so years, then your your conspiracy theory would get better over time. There's right. potential for you to look better. As it progresses. Right. We're in the waiting If Quade goes to Butler, I might never do a FizzCast ever again. I might just go out on top. You're quitting the pod. I might. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I should come back on for one more celebratory, like play the bite, prove that I was there. Yeah, it's and, like Francesca's last show. Yeah. And then <laughs> you'll be back, back like the next yeah. week. Yeah, I'll probably pull a Francesca and pretend to leave and then come back. <laughs> just do like the Brett Favre, like retire, come back, retire again. I don't know, but I mean that's that's kind of out of left field. Am I half joking? Maybe a little bit, but it would be it'd be pretty fitting if Butler grabbed another potential Syracuse guy or a former Syracuse recruit. All right, anything else you want to talk about? I think we're good. We hit on it all. We really uh, did. I would say Bryce Golden, tough break again, but don't get too down. There's still guys out there, and this team's still good. They could just use another piece at the forward spot, like we said. And there are those guys out there, and I think Syracuse will hit the recruiting trail a little bit harder now and maybe grab one of those guys. There's still potential. It's late in the game, but they've done this before. They've grabbed some recruits late in the game before. Oh, man. My conspiracy theory just got proven. No. Hakeem Warwick signing with a team in Israel. (laughs) Breaking news here on the FizzCast. Hakeem Warwick. Nick Collison outlasted him. They were both in that championship game. They were. Yeah. Wow. All right. That's going to do it for us here. We'll be back next week. Hey, we still have to do rewards. Yeah, we've got to. Maybe we'll do that later this week. Yeah, I think we should throw that up later this week. That's going to be a good one. It's better late than never. All right, thanks for listening. Enjoy your day.